Good morning and welcome to another lovely Monday service. And this morning, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Joe again for giving me the opportunity to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with us. And I hope uh, the little message of this morning, we shall all be blessed. This morning is, we're going to the book of Ecclesiastes, which is the book that uh, King Solomon kind of tried to explain, virtually most of his experience. And as we all know in the Bible that uh, Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. So he uses wisdom to make accurate assessment of everyday pursuit of life. And the conclusion he reached with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was always same. All is vanity. This morning, we'll be looking in the book of Ecclesiastes, as I said, chapter 6. We'll be reading from verse 1 to 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, 1 to 6. When I read, I have seen another evil under the sun. It's way heavily on men. God gives a man wealth, possession, and honor, so that he lacks nothing in his heart desire. But God does not enable him to enjoy them. And a stranger enjoyed them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. Verse 3. A man may have hundred children and live many years. Yet, no matter how long he lives, he cannot enjoy his prosperity and does not receive proper burial. I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. It's come without meaning. It departs in darkness, and in darkness its name is shrouded. Through it never saw the sun or knew anything. It has more rest than does that man. The last verse, verse 6. Even if he lives a thousand years twice over, but fail to enjoy his prosperity, do not all go well to the same, do not all go well to the same place. If we look at that particular chapter, we think it doesn't really make too much meaning to, uh, if you don't really have the understanding of what that particular chapter is talking about. It's very, very difficult. Even when I first got the, uh, the, the notice from Pastor Joe, I look at it. Ecclesiastes is not one of the favorite to many Christians in the Bible anyway, you just think it's not, it's not that popular chapter. But you will notice that the main theme of this, uh, this, this passage is this. No matter where a man turns to, he cannot escape the fact that there is nothing under this wall, under this sun, that really worth living for. Everything in this life leads to the same result, which is Vanity, vanity, even more vanity. 
Solomon is trying to make reference here in this uh, chapter we just read that people will dream of having a lot of stuff. As we're all sitting down here now, it is our desire to be wealthy. It is our desire to have possession. It is our desire to, to have honor. That is exactly what this Bible is trying to, to explain, what, what the, the Solomon is trying to say here. He described, even in that chapter 2, how a person has hundred children. And he described about another situation in that particular chapter that we just read, that living a thousand years. This typosified the philosophy of life that dominates the life of many. As I said before, we want to be, you want to have wealth, you want to drive nice, nice car, you want to build a nice house, you want to be honored, you want people to respect you, you want to live good, you want to live nice. Every, a lot of people that's what they kind of sought after. But in attempting to find one's happiness in all these things in life, you see that Oftentimes, it's just vanity. But if this is all what people live for, the old war will be only what they believe all they got is living on this, on this head. And the fact is, neither the world, nor great number of children, nor how much life we spend on this head can actually bring happiness and blessing that we need in life. I could remember, as I said, people sought after happiness, they sought after wealth, they sought after, they want to live long life. Before pandemic, I remember this church is full of, oftentimes we we'll service, mid service, we'll be going into the store to get more shares, more shares, more shares. But now, after, uh, during pandemic, I know government brought up rules, uh, social distancing, number of people that can gather, or, you know, a lot of stuff like that. But when through last year, this year came again, Omicron, different various, uh, issues started coming up, Kent Ferian, South Africa, this and that. Different rules keep coming, different rules keep coming. But now the rules have been relaxed. But still, here we are, we're still expecting the believers, people that are followers of Christ, to still come back to his presence. Because the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of his people. That is the reason why the instruction given that we should come together under uh, this umbrella. That's, that's the, the, the building. It's not, it's not the church. It's the people that are actually the church. So, but this particular fast is saying what people sought after, the wealth, the possession, the honor. I must tell you, people give excuse now that, oh, because of Omicron, oh, because of COVID. That's why I don't go to church. I prefer to be online. There's nothing really bad about that. But the fact remains, we should understand that, from our own understanding, this has come to stay. People have started realizing that we just have to 
live with it. And the thing is, the church here in Stone here is COVID secured. Compared to some of us that will still go to work, we're not going to say, oh, because of COVID, I'm not going to go to work. We go to work. Whereby are we now giving an excuse you don't want to go to church? Whereby you go to work. Even the, the, my own work is not as secure as here now. You see people having the uh, gathering during break time without masks, without this, without that. But because they, they, they are after, they need the money. They need that. But the Bible made us to understand that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. There are many today who want to become rich, as I said, who want to become rich. They do not realize that even many rich people out there today are not enjoying their riches. We are familiar with watching TV, watching films. Just look in Hollywood, for example. You've had a series of these guys that have made money. But at the end of the day, you just see on news, they are dead. You just see on news, they are on drugs. You just see on news, the marriage that have been with their wife or husband for years, they are divorcing. That is telling us that wealth does not give that happiness. Happiness that you think you are sorting after. I mean, the, the word that you think you are sought, you are after all the time may not necessarily give you the happiness. A lot of rich people out there, the riches give them worry. They are so, so worried about recession because most of them have shares. They put their money in investments. Anytime government, uh, they, anytime there is on news that, oh, so, so, it's crashing, recession is coming, they became worried. They affected much more than some people who, doesn't, who are not rich. So the blessing that the riches and wealth bring out then turn to illusion. And that Bible is now telling us that what makes matter worse is that the stranger oftentimes all these people that have wet, they don't seem to enjoy it. Whereby it's now the stranger that will enjoy the wealth. What a sad situation. Oftentimes, all these people that have wealth, the chapter is telling us that they don't seem to enjoy it. It might be as a result of they don't have children. If they don't have children, if they die, what do you think will happen? Stranger will enjoy it. Sometimes the money will be willed to charity. All what, all their investment in life, all the profit they've made, everything they get, they, they, they got. They don't seem to enjoy it. Because they might be the father that 
they don't have children to inherit the wealth. And oftentimes, they don't seem to enjoy this wealth. It could be as a result of war. You tell me now if, if there is war in this country now. Serious war. People that are wealthy and people that are not wealthy. That's, that's it. That will be the end. Then the wealth of those people that are wealthy, what happened? Some people will enjoy it. It might be through violence. It might be through other acts of injustice. These are some of the ways that wealth of another person can be transferred to another person or they don't enjoy their wealth. It's true common for wealth not to be enjoyed by those who own it, but by someone else. So this morning, the Bible is telling us that we must stop believing that wealth brings blessing. It is only the blessing of God that the Bible says makes one rich without added sorrow. When God bless you, because what the Bible is saying is, don't get me wrong, it's not a good, uh, it's not a bad thing not to be wealthy. It's not a bad thing not to have good houses, nice cars, but without putting Christ first, without putting God first, you might not enjoy all this wealth. But when you put God first and wealth come, everything is just going to be wow, 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 because your priority first is God. Because you give him back all this glory, all this honor, all this adoration. Rather than you believe, you make the wealth yourself, which you might not necessarily be able to enjoy. But when you, when you make the wealth, and you put wealth second, and you put God first, then there is likelihood you enjoy the wealth, and that wealth brings you blessing. But if the other way around, then it's likely you don't enjoy it. Then that uh, Bible chapter also talks about children are not always a blessing. Not necessarily a blessing, children. Because you've seen a lot of people they've, in life, they've tried, tried, tried having children, IVF, try everything they could possibly try. No children, but... It's not necessarily that having children or having many children will actually bring you that blessing. Jacob has 12 sons and one daughter, Gideon, 70 sons. King Hab have over 70 sons. Although it's common for children to bring joy, it's also true that every child that is born into a family will remember that that's another responsibility. If you, if you have a child, now, another one comes, you know, another responsibility, another one mouth to feed, another one child to educate, another one child to discipline, another one child to, one soul to train. You have another one. It's the same thing. Responsibility come again. You'll be thinking about, oh my God, I have three, three daughters. One in um, grammar school now, the other one in primary school, the little one, she's just going to two years. 
You can imagine every week put money into the account. Uh, what's it called? Launch money. I was paying for Remy alone. Then destiny came. I have to think of, you know, responsibility come. You have to train them. You have to educate them. And let's look at it this way. If the family is very poor, I feel a large number of children who even worsen the, the applied. We've seen it on TV, you know, charity in UK, for example. We've seen developing country, country, for instance, in Africa and Southern Asia and, and stuff like that. We've seen sad, sad results of families having a lot of children which they hardly have nothing to eat with no one to care for them. Now, the great burden of providing for the need of the children is supposed to be amplified by compensated when they grow up. You, you know, you have all these children, you train them, you educate them, you discipline them, you train them in the way of the Lord, but with the hope that when the children grow up, they will be able to take care of you as parents. In Africa, that's, 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 that's the way it is. It's, it's not common here in, in Western world, but Africa, I think possibly maybe Asia or so, they, they practice that too. When, for instance now, I went to school, my parents invested in me to go to school, go to uni, this and that. Then, when I start working and they retired, it is my responsibility to kind of take care of them. If I have a house, say for instance now in Africa, I have a house, and my parents are old, I'll bring them into my house, they will be living there, taking care of them, even if I can respond for taking care of them, you get a maid or, you know, to take care of them. Because they took care of me when I was, when I was young. So these are the expectations of what you expect when you have uh, children. But based on the assumption that the children will grow up to be good, that's when you're having children, it's your belief that, oh, when you train these children up, they will be good, they will be independent, they will be responsible, they will be caring people, they will be, you know, take care of the parents. And generally speaking, that is true. That's how it's supposed to be. As we know in Psalm 127, verse 3 to 4, children are heritage of, of the Lord. There's nothing bad about having children. There's nothing bad about having good, uh, a lot of children as, as you want to have. But this does not guarantee that every child will turn out the way you train them to be. Even as Christians, we may try all our possible best to train our children, because the Bible says, train your children in the way of the Lord, so that when they grow, they will not depart from it. That's why you see some of us, we see our uh, little kids, we come to church with our children, so that they will know this, this part. They learn a lot of things, you know, children connect, all these kind of things like Simon. They learn a lot of things so that when they grow up, they will believe they are following the right path. Hardly you see them involving a lot of issues that is out there. But we shouldn't forget that oftentimes when times come, 
they might, they might change. They might not be the same. And that's what that Bible is saying. When all the children, having 100 children, no guarantee is a blessing. It's not necessarily going to be a good thing in the end. Not all the time, but sometimes. You see that with a series of children that have abandoned, abandoned their, their, their parents, if we had parents who die, and the children will say, they won't even come to the barrier. So that's what that Bible is saying. In, in the end, the parent is abandoned to rot away and die without a decent barrier. If you refer back to verse 2 of that uh, chapter 6, they will not even give their parents decent barrier. At the end of verse 3, Solomon make a comparison which heightened the mystery of raising many rebellion children. He even said there that untimely birth is better than having a lot of children. That's when he make reference to it's even better for someone not to have a, chi- uh, not to have a child than to have a lot of children who rebellion, who doesn't even care. Then it's still death. He's saying in that verse, it's even better than that. So what, what, what do you think is the difference? Why he's saying that a stillbirth is even better than that kind of parent that doesn't have a barrier? Because someone that have had children, pass through all those ages, train your children, send them to school, give them good education, discipline them, buy clothes for them, buy food for them. But you now, you now get to that stage and the parent died. No barrier, they just abandoned their parents. It might even still better for a steel belt than that kind of parent. Because steel belt just came to this earth without no stress, nothing, gone and died straight away. Compared to someone that has suffered, labor, and he just died without any proper care or any proper barrier. And that is the comparison what uh, Solomon was making there. However, still Belshad reached the same hand without having to go through all this mystery which the man had to go through because of his many children. Another thing that a lot of us are after there is longevity. <coughs> longevity, which is not always a blessing. Another blessing that is often sought after. We want to have long life. If you go out there, a lot of promotion, a lot of advertisement there, how to prolong your life, how to have, uh, take off the wrinkles, how to look 20s when you are 50, how to, a lot of, they, they keep selling a lot of products that, that I think will give you longevity, long life. It is considered to be grand achievement to live a, a ripe age. Don't get me wrong. It's good to live long life on this earth. But many people should understand that living long life doesn't necessarily mean if you don't have Christ, 
Because a lot of people want to live long life. All what they believe is, that's it, on this earth. They just want to live long life on this earth, whereby they don't know that there is another life after death. But as Christians, Bible made us to understand that we are on a sojourn. We are on a pilgrimage. We are just passing this earth. This earth is not ours at all. We are just here temporarily. When God time says it is time for us to, to go, that's why you see a lot of Christians, they will die young, will be wondering why, why. People will query God that why. I know that brother, I know that sister. That sister worship God, that brother worship God. Anytime they open church, he's the one that set up church. When church finished, he's the one that packed the place, he sing to God, he pray, he do this. People can't just understand why. Why? They, they put that question mark to God. Why, why, why? But God's ways are not his ways, neither his thought are his thought. God knows the time and season whereby we say, my son, my daughter, it is time for you to come home. We are prepared for you. But people who doesn't know Christ, they've tried all their means to want to stay as many years as possible on this earth. Because that's, that's it. Because after, after here, there is no, no hope for them. But for Christians, they know that there is a place they are still going. There is this story of a Chinese emperor, which I read. He had that there is an herb somewhere in the island that can prolong um, uh, someone's years. So he sent a group of people to go, to go get it. And he warned them that if they don't get it, they shouldn't come back. So they went. They searched, searched, searched. They didn't see anything. So what they did is send the instruction because they know if, if they come back, it's been, they will be beheaded. So they didn't return. They just stayed over there. And what happened? The emperor died. After he died, the people now came back. So possibly they find the herb and they start enjoying their life. So seeking after long life, long life, long life, not necessarily mean you are blessed or you are that without knowing Christ. If a person lives forever on this earth, that does not necessarily mean the world has years of blessing and happiness. Verse, verse 6, he said, though he lived us on years twice, yet he has seen no good. So it is good to live forever, but only if the body and the world that has no sin. We know that this world is full of sin, and that is the more reason why God has our own special place for us. Those who do not know Lord often spend much time, as I said, they spend money to delay death as much as possible. Because to them, everything that they hope for is only in this life. Therefore, they want to make use and last as long as possible on this earth. But for those of us in Christ, although we enjoy life we have on this earth, we know that everything we hope for is not in this world, but is beyond. So this morning, if we want to round up all what I've said so far, it's all boiled down to contentment. Contentment. What do you think contentment means? It just means 
peaceful satisfaction. Basic like that. Peaceful satisfaction. Solomon is telling us that we must be satisfied with everything we have. If God has not given you that word that you are looking for, just say, fine. I'm fine by it. Thank you, God. Peaceful satisfaction. That's all it is. That long life you are seeking for, if you don't have it, just say, fine, God. Fine by it. Peaceful satisfaction. That number of children you want to have, if God has given you two, God has given you one, you've tried, it hasn't come, just say, fine. Be contented. Remember, it is important that the kingdom of heaven is what we seek first, and every other thing will be added. And as I've said from the beginning, that it is the blessing of God that makes us rich without added sorrow. So all these things that people are running after day and night, they are all vanity. Wealth, you want to have number of children, you want to live long life, they are not worth dying for. But our relationship, our commitment, our dedication to God is what should be our priority. And we should be satisfied with what we have. May God bless his reading and may God give us the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom to live in the way that God wants us to live. And I know our God knows what we need, but not what he knows all what we need. Because oftentimes, he has given us all what we need, but we keep asking for what we want. God will not give you what is going to hurt you or harm you. He will only give you what you want, which he knows that you are going to be happy with it, you'll be satisfied with it. But as human beings, we just want to go beyond and beyond, 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 beyond. If God has given you a nice car, you'll be thinking, oh God, I'm going out there. I see a guy using Ferrari. I want to ride Ferrari. God is not going to give you because if he knows he's going to give you, you're going to die. After that, that, was, that was a day on TV. I was watching, I think, an auto garage. A guy, I think he was one of the salesperson. And... Uh, the customer came there to look for a car and he went for a spin. And that was it. He just bashed car off, only got no 200 something thousand pounds or so. So the same thing as Christian. God is not going to give you something that is going to kill you. If God thinks that God first is for you, just be content and carry on doing it. Going on. Living your life. And God will bless us with all what we need. He will continue to guide us, safeguard us, and show us the right direction to follow. And He take our hearts from things that are going to lead us to destruction. We should learn from, because Solomon will be thinking now that I didn't be knew all these things. Maybe things could have done things differently. So this morning, I want us to reflect back and think about all these things and Look if you can do things differently from now on, rather than seeking or running or 
worrying about all these things that may not necessarily give you happiness or give you blessing that you really deserve. May God bless us. Amen.